0: Help out on a Habitat for Humanity build to work on a house that's going to be um, that's going to be lived in by an income sensitive Vermont family. And Zach um, is uh, the executive director of Central Vermont Habitat for Humanity, so he's going to come and share a little bit about the organization with us. So let's welcome
1: Zach. Thank you, Abby. Um, thanks for the introduction. I'm Zachariah Watson. I know many of you. I've uh, been a part of the Church of the Well here for the last uh, three years. I was brought here by somebody that many of you know more than me, uh, my wife, Ann Watson. Uh, her and I just got married last year in July, and uh, very exciting. Um, and uh, and just celebrated our year anniversary last week. Uh, still going strong. <laughs> um and uh, yeah, it's a it's a great church community, and I I also love that today and this day that I'm talking to you all, there was also uh, baptisms going on because uh, about two years ago I was also baptized by Ian and Abby and uh, Adam here in Lake Champlain, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just say, can we get a name in for this lake? Look at this lake. Um, I love the fog on the lake. It's uh, a lot of fond memories for me and so. Place of peace and grace, and I find God nowhere else besides uh, beyond nature, stronger than here in nature. Um, uh, so, I live in Montpelier. As, as Abby mentioned, I'm the executive director for Central Vermont Habitat for Humanity, um, which is an affiliate uh, of Habitat for Humanity International. Um, many of you have probably heard of Habitat for Humanity International, it's a Christian, ecumenical, affordable housing nonprofit. It was founded in 1979 by Linda and Fuller Millard, um, who, with a desire to do, find more meaning in their lives, took on the ministry of housing. Um, uh, and so what they decided to do was to build simple housing, use, have the, the homeowners volunteer on those houses to keep the cost of building it low, and then mortgage payments into that house went into a revolving fund, which went to support the next Habitat home. And since their foundation, um, they are now have affiliates in 70 countries around the world in all 50 states. And in no small part, thanks to the work of Jimmy Carter and the Carter Foundation, which is why most of us know about this. It is one of the most widely recognized affordable housing nonprofits in the world. Um, and that all started with a vision, a desire of two individuals uh, to do God's work. And they settled on the idea that providing housing was essential for people. Um, I'm reminded of the verse, um, (laughs) Matthew 24, of the man who builds his house on a rock. Well, in this case, the house is the rock. It is the foundation um, for many of our lives. Uh, it's It's our financial equity. It's something that through financial hardships we can fall back on, something we can count on, and it provides us a peace of mind. Um, so our mission, the Habitat for Humanity mission is to put God's love into action. Habitat for Humanity brings people together to build houses, community, and hope. Um, and quite succinctly, it's uh, a place where everybody has a decent place to live. So, uh, I'm. In Vermont, there are eight affiliates. Uh, I am the executive director for Central Vermont Habitat for Humanity. Um, Here in uh, Burlington and Chittenden County, there's Green Mountain Habitat for Humanity. Uh, And and habitats do multiple things. They have restores. Some of you probably went and shopped at those restores. Um, They do home repair projects where they build ramps uh, for accessibility for folks that are mobility challenged. Um, In Central Vermont, we focus on home ownership. Uh, we want to provide opportunities for income-sensitive Vermonters to be able to afford a home who would otherwise not be able to afford a home. And for anybody in this, anybody I would say in Vermont that's ever tried to look for a house or tried to buy a house, you are fully aware of the issues that, that come along with becoming a homeowner. Um, and, and it breaks down to a couple simple facts. When Vermont has a really low vacant housing stock. It means that we don't have enough housing to, to house everybody. And because of that, it drives up the competition for uh, the price of those houses. And so when you have this recent trend of wealthy urbanites moving into Vermont, it's exacerbated that issue and driven up the cost of housing. So it's no longer attainable for even middle-income Vermonters. Um, and... And, of course, that creates a situation where people who know the importance of investing in an asset like a home are taking out mortgages that are way beyond what they can actually afford. Right now, one in seven Vermonters are spending over 50% of their income on their housing. I Think about that. What does that mean? That means you're not shopping locally for your your organic non-gmo uh vegetables it means you're not supporting your local uh your local stores it means you're not putting money in your bank account uh, and it means you're not investing in your community or your future Um, in addition to that uh recently we found out there's actually over 7,000 households at least that we know of in vermont that leak that um lack basic necessities kitchens bathrooms enough bedrooms to put people in 7000 households for a state of our size is huge um, and it's and it really is is a big example of what we hope would not be happening in this state but it is and that's so that's 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 why we focus on home ownership and the way that we really work to overcome um, the challenges for home ownership are some of those barriers that you all have probably run into in your own lives in trying to get that house a down payment can cost twenty thousand dollars on a house to uh, to purchase a house. Who has twenty thousand dollars? Not a lot of us. Um, but also um, getting an actual mortgage. So we pro- we on our homes we provide zero percent interest mortgage, and we don't allow we don't we have a five hundred dollar down payment. I'm talking dollars and cents because this is really what it comes down to when we talk about how do we get low income, income sensitive people into homes so they can build equity, so they can be. That, so they can have a rock and so they can be a part of our community um, and hopefully, ideally, help bring them out of poverty. Um, so, you know, who we serve? We serve people uh, the very lowest income. Um, we serve people that make 25 to $48,000 a year. Um, part of our program as well is that individuals are committed to working on their house. Uh, so it's a partnership, it's not a giveaway program. Uh, So homeowners invest and agree to spend 250 hours of their own time working on their house. Sweat equity is what we call it. Um, And they also have to be in need of housing. So we actually do a house visit. We get to know our homeowners and and we determine um, if they are truly in need of housing. But beyond the dollars and cents, um, we recently did a poster design competition in central Vermont where we asked kids K through six to tell us what does home look like to you? Um, and uh, the results were excellent, um, as you can imagine. kindergartners drawing a house and what that means to them. Um, you know, it's, it's more than what is adults like to think of as a financial asset. Um, for, for a child, um, it's, it's family, it's community, it's memories, it's holidays. I, I encourage you to think to yourselves, what is having a home meant for you? Um, I know for myself, I grew up in a house in Woodstock that um, fortunately my, my mom was in a position to own, and, um, and I grew up with a community that has supported me right up until today, um, and I know that that has served as, again, that peace of mind, a backstop, something that I could count on. And eventually those people also elected me to the House of Representatives. So that's that's a smaller piece of uh, what home ownership could mean, but um, it's the type of opportunities that come to folks who do have a home. Um, And so that's that's really why we do the mission. Um, But anyways, uh, I don't wanna bore you too much with housing, uh, but I did wanna tell you a little bit about what I do. Um, For anybody that's known me for a while, they know that um, you know, my my ministry, and my life, uh, my commitment to God has always been um, the work that I do. Um, to me, it's it's uh, actions speak louder than words. I've been involved with nonprofits for as long as I can remember, always for the interest of serving other people, and um, and housing. Um, I I find that there's nothing more important right now. Of course, uh, six years ago is all about the environment, but and I don't know what it'll be like in ten years. Um, But I I, I find that housing is a big need and there are lots of folks that have a need out there and doing our best and there's really doesn't feel like it's enough to help those people. So anyways, uh, as Abby mentioned. On the 14th, we're having folks come out and help with our house in Barrie. Um, come swing a hammer, do something physical. Uh, always feels good to get out. It's a 9 to 9 a.m. to 12 uh, 2 p.m. shift. Um, and uh, we have folks that will train you. No skills necessary, just an open heart. And uh, we have lots of signups. You can talk to Abby to learn more. But um, thank you all.
0: If you're interested in helping out with that build, you can sign up at the table and we'll contact you or you can talk to me or Zach after the service. Um, And now I'm going to invite Ian up who's going to lead us in the word. Um, Yay, Ian.
2: (laughs) Y'all are clappy today. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. The last few weeks, we've been rained out a few times here, and, and I think... Uh, uh, while it's never fun to have to cancel church or to have to cram underneath the tent on a Sunday service, there's a couple things I've been thinking about. One, this season and just being filled with gratitude that we get to meet together as a church community and we also get to do it in such a beautiful place. So one thing, and so just celebrating that like, oh yes, we've still been able to do this right now um, and, and to share community with one another. I'm surprised every single week that folks show up and turn out, and sometimes new folks show up and turn out and find Church at the Well somehow. I'm not even sure how you find Church at the Well, but you found it. And so um, that another thing I've been thinking about is I'm, I'm a little grateful that some of the like the romantic elements of, of meeting at Lake Champlain have been taken away from us a little bit, right? Because at some point, uh, we're going to realize as Vermonters that we we can't meet as a church community by the lake all the time, right? I know. All but I mean, some of you're like yes, you can. You just have to be committed. Um Okay. Um As Abby mentioned, uh we are celebrating baptisms today. And so there are uh three or four who will be getting baptized unless some of y'all come up last minute and you're like, "Okay, I'm ready." And or come up to Adam and I'm like I'm ready Adam. Um and we've been looking at the theme of baptism over the last several weeks and how baptism invites us to be immersed in the way of Jesus and today we're actually going to be witnessing um that opportunity taking place and so we're going to head down to the water and we're going to cheer, right? Y'all y'all that's what you all are doing, you're clapping, you're getting you're practicing, right, for the baptism. And so we're going to cheer for those who rise out of the water after being dunked. And um, I just want to say that if you're considering baptism, even if you're not going to get baptized today, you're just considering it, you want to learn more about it, fill out a connect card at the table. And write somewhere on that card that you're interested in learning more about baptism. And we'd love to start that conversation with you. I'd love to have coffee with you. I'm sure Adam or Abby would love to have coffee with you and chat about baptism as well. And so if you're interested in learning more, um, we're going to be here at Letty at least through the end of August, and the water's not that far away. So if you're not ready this week, but next week, you're like, okay, I'm going to get dunked today. Um, The lake's right there. So um, we're happy to start that conversation with you. Um, today, we're going to be reading a story from the Gospel of Matthew. It should be on your handouts if you have it. And it's when Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. Adam referenced this scripture briefly last week, um, but we're going we're to explore that text a little bit more. And I promise it will be quick because we, want, we really want, do want to get down to the water um, to celebrate baptism with all of those who have chosen to do so today. Um, But this is in Matthew chapter 3, starting in verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now, there's just a couple things I wanna highlight this morning and and explore before um, we head down to the water. And the first is a question That I have about this text, and maybe it's a question you have as well. Why does Jesus insist on John baptizing him? Now, before we answer that question or or explore the answer to that question, it's important to understand a little bit about the surrounding context to this story of Jesus' baptism. John the Baptist, he's got the name, the name is right there in his name. And John the Baptist is actually Jesus's cousin, and he's leading a movement in the wilderness of Judea. And John is baptizing folks in the Jordan River. Specifically, um, John's baptism, John is inviting folks to repent and confess their sins as as they're baptizing. So some have called John's baptism a baptism of repentance and this is a part of john's specific calling like this is what he was born to do right this is the makeup of who john is this is his message repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and john is actually the fulfillment of words that we read in the prophet isaiah which is the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare the way for the lord Make his path straight, and so we we actually see John the Baptist fulfilling these words that were prophesied by Isaiah and and written down in the book of Isaiah. Here's what John is saying. John is essentially saying, "Prepare your hearts for Jesus and for the kingdom of God, which Jesus is inaugurating here and now. To repent is to adjust your heart and soul." To this new reality that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or a reality where grace and salvation are possible. So that's what to repent is to to confess your sins is simply to acknowledge all of the ways in which you're living in contradiction to that reality. To to confess your sins is to to acknowledge to confess all of the ways you're living in contradiction to god's love god's grace god's salvation so the question then remains why would jesus insist on participating in john's baptism which was a baptism of repentance now we we know from reading the gospels that jesus had no need to repent and he had no sins to confess so john Asks this question of Jesus. So let's just read Jesus' answer to this question again. um, This portion of the text. And let's focus in on Jesus' response. This is in verse 14. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Essentially, Jesus, why are you getting baptized? Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness Jesus's response is for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness here's the thing Jesus understood his life his work his ministry as fulfilling all righteousness not a righteousness for himself but a righteousness for all of humanity now Let's read a verse that actually speaks to what Jesus said again from the book of Isaiah that Jesus would have known intimately. Jesus would have known this verse intimately and and it it explains how Jesus would have understood his mission and his ministry, the mission of his life. This is a a passage speaking of the Messiah, speaking of Jesus and his life and his work. And this is in Isaiah 53 uh, verses 11 through 12 by his knowledge shall the righteous one speaking of what who would be jesus my servant make many to be accounted righteous i'll read just read that part again by his knowledge shall the righteous one my servant make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities therefore i will divide him in a portion with the many And he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Jesus insisted on being baptized because this new people whom God was gathering together... we see this glimmer of this new people who are gathering in the wilderness with John and they're participating in a baptism of repentance. John is preparing the way for Jesus. Jesus insisted on being baptized because this new people needed a righteousness that could not come from their own works. Rather, it could only come from Jesus through faith and repentance. Which then brings us to another question. In light of Jesus' baptism... Why would, why would we choose to be baptized? Well, the New Testament teaches that we can't, we can't achieve this righteousness on our own. Rather, we receive righteousness as a gift from God that comes through faith in Christ. We read that in Philippians 3 verse 9, if you want to fact check me. Uh, you can write that down and read that verse. And uh, a few years ago, uh, I got to visit... Israel and Palestine and I got to stand in the Jordan River during my visit to to Israel and Palestine and I I wasn't baptized because I had already been baptized Uh, I grew up in uh, Hawaii and I was baptized in the Pacific Ocean off the shore of my hometown of Hilo Hawaii and so I, I wasn't baptized in the Jordan River but I'll tell you what it was pretty cool to stand in the same river where Jesus was baptized. Now, you could say that being immersed, standing in the same river as Jesus, that could be a metaphor for why we should be baptized. I wasn't. Um, we we we're baptized into the same righteousness that Jesus has. That's what baptism is. So so we don't earn it rather we receive it as a free gift so to be baptized is in response to this free gift it's a response right we don't get baptized and then we receive it right to be baptized is in response to the free gift that we are invited to be immersed in the righteousness of jesus to be baptized it's not a magic act it's there's nothing there's nothing magic about being baptized it's not a magic act that results in us then somehow receiving righteousness we choose to be immersed in the waters of baptism because the spirit of God has immersed us in God's righteousness grace and salvation which is the free gift of God and so we do well to not kind of put those two things in the wrong order right can I get an amen lastly i just want to finish with one last thing today i want to encourage i want to finish with an encouragement from this passage for everyone and so whether you're yet to be baptized or whether um you have already been baptized i want to read again what happens after jesus is baptized and then just wrap up with an encouragement this is verse 16 and when jesus was baptized Immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens opened up to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The person, life, and work of Jesus invite us to see ourselves in this kingdom light, in the kingdom of God light which is to see ourselves as beloved of God. We are invited to be immersed in the kingdom of God reality that we are beloved sons and daughters in whom God is well pleased. This is the power of Christ's life, work, death, and resurrection. Can I get an amen? I feel like that is something good to sit with, right? That, that, We're invited, and baptism is a reminder of that, that we're invited to see ourselves as beloved of God, beloved sons and daughters. And so with that, I'm going to pray if there are any um, folks who are getting baptized today who would like to come up and share a testimony about why you're getting baptized. I know that that can be a daunting thing. Um, And so if... If y'all want to do that, you can have a minute or two and we'd love to hear from you. Um, if not, Abby's going to come up and give some an invitation and instructions on where we're going down to the water. Um, and one of those instructions will be, uh, I expect y'all to cheer, clap, maybe dance a little bit. Um, she'll give you more details, but let's pray. God, we thank you that your spirit invites us into the same righteousness that your son Jesus displayed through his life, through his ministry, through his death and his resurrection. And we thank you that um, that righteousness that Jesus displays and shows and embodies is a righteousness that we cannot earn, but it's a righteousness that we are invited to be immersed into as a free gift because of your son's work Uh, Jesus's death and resurrection and we thank you that in response to baptism whether we have yet to be baptized or whether we have already been baptized that baptism is a reminder that you invite us to see ourselves in a kingdom of God reality that we are beloved sons and daughters in Christ through faith and repentance God and so we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and your salvation that as John announced by the rivers of the Jordan, that that the kingdom of God is here and on display and that your grace and salvation is here for us and that we're invited into it. We thank you for that, God. We thank you for that good news. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, and so I'm going to invite Abby up. And as Abby comes up as well, if there are anyone who wants to share, just interrupt Abby and you can come up and share. Um, If not, uh, we're going to get those instructions.
0: Okay, this is your chance. Is there anyone who would like to come up? We have a couple of candidates, but if not, that's fine. I don't see anyone anyone coming up. Okay, Um, if you decide to, just... Make your way. Uh, but meanwhile, here's the instructions. We're just simply, first of all, I'm going to, the first thing I'm going to do is release, or actually not release children. I'm going to invite you to <laughs> pick up your kids from Children's Church and we will head down to the water together as a group. W- why don't we go down these stairs if that makes sense? Um, and. Uh, when we get down there, we'll have a short, uh, we'll gather at the water. We will have a short baptismal liturgy, which is on your handout. So make sure you have your handout with you. We'll pray for the baptismal candidates, and we will sing them into the water with Jordan leading us. And and then we'll cheer loudly for them when they come up out of the water. And then right after that, you that's the end of the service, and you'll be welcome to come back and join us for a bring-your-own-all-church picnic. There is a food truck if you didn't bring uh, your own lunch, and we hope that you'll stick around and um and uh, so with that, why don't we head down to the water?